Wow. We're live. We're live. Mike's hot. Mike's hot. It's hot. A little, little hot on my side. <laughs> hey, welcome back to the Brookfield Group's podcast. Today, I am with Daniel again. Our, hello. Um, hello. Hello. Um, we are going to be talking about uh, a couple of things today. We're going to talk about uh, something called shadow IT, uh, which is a hot topic today. Everything to hot. Everything hot. Oh, like... I do that rabbit thing. I'm not good at it. We have puppets. too much light in here to be able to do that. <laughs> Chris got rid of all the shadows in here. Uh, um, and then from that, we're going to kind of go into um, something called layered security. So first, like let's, an onion? Very similar to an onion, believe it or not. Interesting. Yeah. So first, let's define what is shadow IT. You want to take a stab at it? Uh, yes. So it is uh, when people put things on their devices that their IT company does not know they have on there. And partly how this evolved is from people having all the heartburn of having to go through their IT department to get anything approved. Uh, all the way back to when you had to get the CD and like install apps that way. But it has really um, blossomed like an like a, blossom. like an onion blossom? No, I'm going to go with exploded. Exploded okay. is exploded. better because it's it's exploded. kind of a bad thing. Uh, one, with bring your own devices to work. And BYOD. Two, BYOD. Um, the pandemic, with everybody working remote, um, you know, they're home. They want to change, you know, or add. They found an app that's really going to help them organize something. So, hey, I'm just going to download All those ads it. you get for like monday.com and uh what we got notion nation out there somewhere probably Ooh, i don't know that one notion nation um and then it's and i am guilty of this next one uh using you know like i have all of my work apps on my home computer and sometimes i'll be like oh i'll just hop on you know i'm watching tv and surfing i don't know kitchen islands let's just say and it's like oh this Weird. thing came up from work so let me just do this real quick and then i'll just email it to myself then that's causing a lot of problems too Am I close? Yeah, I think roll credits. You want to end the stream? I think we got all of it there. So <laughs> no, we'll just, there's uh, plenty. Just move on. I don't think I need to say anything. Next topic. Okay. Next okay. topic is. <laughs> um, no, yeah. I mean, we see it a lot. There's there's plenty of awesome apps out there, but not all apps are you know approved by a company or their by their security standards or things like that. I know a common one that a lot of people probably use are like Slack or Discord or something like that. That is sometimes mixed personal and. Um, business use um, a lot of times um, different applications that'll show up there you know when you start looking at ma our, uh, app marketplaces like whether it's the windows app store or you're just going around and you see a free trial or things like that it's really easy to turn it on it ends up being why a lot of individual users have admin rights on their machine when maybe they probably shouldn't because they can download things just you can download good things just as easily as you can download bad things and so um, sometimes things will hide themselves as a Slack install, and it's not really just a Slack install. So, um, you know, if, if there is an app that you have to install for whatever reason, um, you know, making sure that it's secure and actually the app that you're intending to install is a big deal. Um, and then um, I know it's it can be a headache or an inconvenience or however you want to define it as something negative when you're having to wait to get something installed or get something improved. But most of the time, the reason for that waiting is because trying because someone or a company is trying to do what's best for you and for the organization to keep everyone protected so uh, it's definitely a um, hot topic of conversation and sometimes it also results in costs that the company's not uh, knowing that they're paying for so whether so you work for a company and you're expensing it and it's just getting through those dollars you might be doing it someone else those dollars can really add up so 
a lot of times if we're if we see things like that we're called in because someone's seen it on the financials at this point that they're like hey we're spending x amount in it things that we don't actually use like well somebody's using it and they're just expensing it somewhere along the way so um you know picking a, a technology stack and sticking with it as much as possible can save you a lot of money as well as keep you more secure and not all of it's bad i mean if yeah, it's no, a, yeah, a decent definitely. app yeah. and two or three people have downloaded and used it um, there could be actually cost savings if the company decides, hey, we're going to embrace this and we'll, we're going to get the enterprise license and now everybody's yep. going to have this. Um, but I, I wonder if a lot of people are just under the assumption that their um, virus software, whatever they have on their laptop, is going to protect them from any malicious app that they would download. Most of the time it it would, it would hopefully do that depending on what antivirus you're using, you know, using next gen antivirus that's checking signatures and how it's actually accessing your computer. Is it opening up command sh- or a PowerShell in the background or things like that should catch it. But there are plenty of people that are just using, say, Windows Defender or some type of antivirus that's not checking for that type of install. And it could be totally benign from a scan from that standpoint. But then um, it's actually doing something later on down the in the background, putting a foothold in or something along those lines. So, has there been a famous one? I not that I know of, but like a one that people have downloaded and it didn't happen for a while, and then all of a sudden, I don't know. Chris, can you do a Google search on that? <laughs> See what's what's out there. I don't I don't know off the top of my head. I, there's got to be one. I would I would imagine. Yeah. I know I know a lot of uh, there's there's more security around um, you know defending the SaaS environment of things. So like if there's a, you know, a malicious file sitting innate in your OneDrive or Dropbox or um, Google Drive or something like that, that might not have any, they might not be doing anything malicious right away, but then you go and click on it later, then it Mm. can just all of a sudden launch and that could just not even be on your machine at that point. It's just in the cloud. So I'm sure there's something along those lines that's, that's come up over the years. I'm doing a search here. Okay. Yeah, I did hear or I did read that uh, that's another big problem is there are so many of the apps, almost all of them now, I guess, are cloud-based. Mm-hmm. So makes it easy to download, easy to get something bad Especially off of Especially if you have bad passwords. Yes. Or use the same password. Yes. So we're going Foreshadowing. to Foreshadowing. <laughs> so next week, we're really going to be diving into passwords. I've got a very cool infographic that I did that talks about... Um, the problems with password, how many people are negligent in changing their passwords, use the same one or the famous ones. Do you use a password manager? I do not. That is on my list by the end of the year. Uh, I should not have asked that question. But I will tell you Can you edit that out, Chris? (laughs) Done. I would say I don't have a duplicate password to anything. You add a number at the end of each one. No. (laughs) I add exclamation point or dollar sign. No. Oh, okay. Um, No, I just, I'm able to remember the majority of them, believe it or not. Um, And so far, knock on wood, which is not very good to do, um, I'm not having problems with it, but I do need a password manager by the end of the year. What would you suggest? I use Dashlane, personally. Chris, can you put my uh, my referral link, my referral code up on screen? (laughs) A t-shirt or (laughs) coffee mug or something? Throw my QR code or something there. Uh, I use Dashlane currently. LastPass is a big one, one password. There's quite a few out there. Google is really pushing their one built in directly into Chrome browser that now ties into their new phones and their whole security hub craziness. There you go. Dashlane. Take control of your data. They're moving all online browser only options. So no physical app on your computer anymore. So additional layers of security there. Interesting. I've been pretty happy with it. Get the premium version. Gives you credit check. Can do some 
you know, credit locking as well as checking, like, if you've been compromised, you get a free VPN with it, too, so you can watch yeah. Netflix wherever you want. <laughs> um, family plan, it's a great deal. Highly Sweet. recommend. Use my code. Okay. I don't have a code. Oh, dang it. Uh, Chris. One of these days. What do you use, Chris, for a password? Uh, I use uh, iCloud Keychain. Yep, that was going to be the one. Native, <laughs> built into Apple. Interesting stuff. Did you find anything on most maliciously downloaded <laughs> cloud-based? Uh, and don't say it's the app. YouTube album that got pushed to everybody's iTunes uh, account. <laughs> oh. uh, Wanna Cry was a big one in 2017. Um, that was a big uh, malware breach. Um, these there, yeah, I guess I, maybe we'll, I'll, I'll do some digging to find some follow up on it because it'd be interesting to find like what you're saying is like was there like one encapsulated like in a Dropbox install or something mm -hmm. like that be I interesting I would be surprised if there weren't but it seems like we would have heard about it too yeah and it might be called something like what Chris say it might be you know have given it been given a different name at this point so all that being said of people downloading things and being all crazy with their shadow IT which we are going to have a white paper coming out uh, shortly just on shadow IT uh, so watch for that download um, let's talk a little bit about security and the new approach is this layered security. You have an onion? I don't, but I, I have, we don't a, have any visual aids. I have a graphic, um, a graphic. An we onion would have been good because it would have been cried and maybe <laughs> made like cry. a fajita or something afterwards. <laughs> Get a little hot plate in here. And we'll, <laughs> it's better than the rock. And we, you know, right? next, well, next time what we'll do is we'll just, we'll go to Benihana and we'll just have that, you know, like make in front of me while we record this. Only if he flips like shrimps in your shrimp tails, shrimp tails in your hat or in his hat, or there we go. Sets something on fire with a volcano the, and train. Or the, the or train, choo choo choo. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So security, like I, I say it a lot, and um, I probably say it way too min too much, to the point where people probably make fun of me after I leave a room. But I don't know. Not about that. <laughs> I mean, there's plenty of other reasons. Um, but yeah, security is all about layers. There's no one thing. There's no silver bullet. No whatever, you know, phrase you want to use that is going to block every type of um, security breach, security issue, or things like that. It's all about putting layers in place to protect you. And when one layer fails, there's another one there to hopefully catch it. So that could be preventative measures. That could be monitoring measures to know when something has happened. That's just as important as blocking it because you need to know once it's happened so you can take the correct steps for remediation. But having the layers in place is the is the best way around it so i mean you can have you know a lot you know you have antivirus anti-malware things like that you have email security you have um intrusion detection and monitoring you have security okay. ns you have i mean the list of different security tools that are out there now and you know finding an effective package and layering um layering those effectively is what we've been working on a lot in the last we started this process probably a year and a half, two years ago, reevaluating our entire security stack that we use internally and for our customers. Um, and so one of the things we started first was, you know, the very front end of that, which was looking at antivirus and anti-malware and what is our uh, go-to solution going to be for that for our clients and um, how does it work? What are the guarantees behind it? How impactful is it to your day-to-day -day life? Because you can do a, a full zero trust um security platform but that's very impactful to how you work every day because every single thing has to be excuse me every single thing has to be whitelisted in order for it to work so you have to go step by step to do it so we had to find something that was a good balance between all the security um, 
benefits while making it still usable. So that's kind of our whole goal is finding security that works within the business workflow that that's not so hindering that it, it, it that it stops you from being able to do your day to day work or or cause you have to do a ton of um, tweaking and turning of the knobs to be able to get everything working just right. And so that's one layer of it. You have email security. So I know, and we'll, we'll, you know, in coming, you'll probably notice a theme here soon that we're heavy on security right now. Um, But, um, you know, I saw a a fact that 92% of all um, ransomware and phishing attacks come from, come through email. So having something on your email is just as important having malware on your, on your, um, on your uh, computer so you can stop it before it gets to the computer. Uh, security DNS, that's something that's great that, you know, uses a proxy service to be able to make sure that when you click on something, it checks your DNS record before you send it, before it sends you there to see if it's a malicious site or not. So you just get stopped from actually going there. Um, so it's all about the amount of layers that you have in place. The more layers you have, the harder it's going to be for something to happen. Um, but that's still not going to stop 100% of everything. If someone is persistent enough, they will be able to compromise you. And it's just really about putting enough layers in place that they get bored or the tool that they set that they have in place doesn't, hadn't taken that layer into, into consideration. So it gets stopped at that point. But if they're, you know, spoiler alert, if there's someone that is persistent enough or is targeting you directly, you, you know, you can be, you can be compromised. And that's where then the monitoring of everything comes into play. So if you do get compromised, you're alerted that you're compromised. So you can take the correct steps for remediation and being able to clean it up and then patch whatever vulnerability that was. So um, we have plenty of tools that we can layer on top of each other and we're constantly, you know, looking in the future, what's on the front front end of the frontier on cybersecurity and things like that and testing it, talking with our partners to figure out what are they doing? How are they, um, you know, protecting themselves? I mean, some of our partners that we use are billion dollar companies that are taking the time to help us understand what we should be looking at for our clients as well. So uh, spend a lot of time talking with individuals and corporations on how do we continue to take enterprise grade solutions and bring them to our clients and our customers. Because, you know, he's, uh, Daniel said, you know, if they get bored, but you know, if it's a bot out there creating these things, bots don't get bored. They will just keep trying and trying and trying and they will eventually find a way to get in. So the more layered security that you have, uh, the more that you're up on top of alerts when they come in, the better off you're going to be. Um, and it's just ever changing. I mean, these people that do malicious things are constantly evolving and so that's why we stay up on all the latest greatest software because it's constantly evolving too and you know there have been some products i think that we've carried in years past that used to be the latest and greatest and either they haven't kept up or there's something new and better and so that's why we are constantly evaluating our vendors to make sure that we have the best in class for not only for our clients but for us too yeah there's plenty of tools that we've dropped that um, because either their security practice was in place or they weren't keeping up with where the industry wanted them to be or, or you know, the, the demand and the companies needed them to be. And so we do an eval, we find out that it's not the right fit any longer and we, you know, we figure out how we do a migration or we move our clients from it, um, either piece by piece or all at once. So, yeah, it's definitely, um, it's an ever-evolving landscape that we have to try and stay ahead of as best we can. And whenever a new attack comes out, there's, some new patch or vulnerability that needs to be fixed or anything like that. And, you know, we're always reading up on those and I, we have 
few of us have emails every day coming out about different things that show up. So we do our best to stay um, as involved in that type of news category as we can and uh, figure out how it, you know, what happened, how does it apply to us? Because we always, you know, we, we take our medicine first. So we make sure that everything gets updated or added, or if we're bringing on a new security product, we, we enable it on ourselves. So that way we know how it works and we, we know any of the pitfalls that come out from it before we um, end up, you know, putting it out to, to clients. So um, it's fun because you get to try new things all the time, but it's also tedious in the fact that you're always having to look for what the, what the next piece is. And kind of reflecting back on what we talked about last week with the cybersecurity, a lot of this layered security plays into what cyber insurance companies are looking for. They're mm -hmm. looking to make sure that they're covered on all of these different layers and that they have the, um, I don't know the term for it, where they get alerted, like, oh, such and such was on the IP at two in the morning, yeah. which is, yep. it's a behavioral thing, not just like a specific thing. But if they know that Leanne has never logged in at two in the morning and all of a sudden there's a login that comes in, a little red flag comes up. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a couple of different ways, um, different tools that'll do that. I mean, um, intrusion detection monitoring was probably the one that you know, would be the most relatable or the one that you hear about most often. Um, there's SIM um, monitoring for network security and things like that. But um, yeah, there's there's a lot of cool stuff with um, machine learning or as I, both Google and Apple now have said in their tech, in their uh, keynote or keynote speech for their new devices, ML. So now you can call machine, you can shorten oh it machine learning Another officially acronym. to ML. <laughs> so there's a lot of ML being applied to, to AIs. To, <laughs> there's a lot of ML being applied to AI so we can, um, but uh, it's, there's a lot in that industry with AI and, and machine learning to help understand what is the right behavior versus the wrong behavior, not just is something good or bad at that point. So just the intent analysis of something is, it plays a big part into it. Like you said, I mean, have you ever opened up PowerShell on your computer before? No. Okay. It would be kind of weird if all of a sudden you start opening up PowerShell <laughs> right. and running a whole bunch of commands, right? <laughs> so if it could trigger off of knowing that, that's something that is, is a pretty cool improvement in how, you know, malicious activity is detected. And it's, you know, circling back to what uh, Daniel said earlier, it, it is complicated and not the same stack works for everyone. Yeah. And it, it doesn't matter yep. if you're a two-person shop, a 2,000-person shop. Trying to manage this is daunting for an IT department. So sometimes, you know, we get asked to be consultants on something, which, you know, we're, we're happy to do to see what the best stack is and how they can implement it, whether or not they buy anything from us yeah. or not. Yep. Um, but it's important that you stay covered because if something does happen and it does infiltrate your system and you have loss of data or downtime, that just rolls into a whole nother thing, which... Uh, we also offer, which is disaster recovery plans, uh, data, you know, for your data, for your files. And this is not necessarily if you're held for ransomware, but just any kind of. Just any sort of data loss, right? Yeah. I mean, could be if you're a single person company and you have everything stored on your laptop and you drop it and break it or the hard drive crashes or something like that. That's just as detrimental if it had gotten hit with ransomware, if you don't have the, if you don't have backups in place, you could have had all of the the front end pieces, but if you don't have the the back end of, you know, backups and the redundancies in place, you could have prevented everything, but you know, your 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 business or your day to day work was taken out by a hard drive failing, which is, you know, out of most people's control. I, I don't 
I can't smell when a hard drive is about to fail. <laughs> or when I'm going to drop my laptop. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's not just a pain when that happens. I mean, there's serious downtime and dollars lost in business. And even if it is some kind of malware attack, ransomware, whatever, where your cyber insurance does pay off, there's a cap to that, as we mentioned last mm -hmm. week, and it hardly ever covers what you might be losing revenue-wise if your assembly line is down or if... Yeah. I was, I was working on an a insurance claim recently that actually asked for not just revenue of an organization, but like their actual profit hmm. on the form to their insurance, which was, I thought was interesting because I assume that the, uh, the insurance company is trying to weigh out, you know, the claim of loss of productivity. Most of the time, you know, you, if you're the company, you're going to claim top dollar, top line revenue as the amount of loss, right? Okay. Well we do about $10 a day in revenue. Like, but if your profit's only a dollar, the, the insurance company might be trying to now say, well, actually we're only going to pay you out $2 because your profit's this. And you know, I'm, I don't know. It was an interesting question. It was the first time I'd seen that on a, uh, on a form. So it got me thinking on how are they going to use that data to try and figure out how much they will actually pay out. So, cause it's going to be their advantage, right? Yeah. You know oh, that, yeah. Right? oh yeah. Right. Why else would they yeah. have it on there? If, yep. it, if it yep. weren't, there's a reason it's on there and it's probably not to give you more money. <laughs> Um, so we will have some of these articles in our newsletter next week. And then, um, again, we're going to roll into next week talking more in depth about um, passwords, vulnerability coming in through that way, and email security. Uh, a couple of things that I've read this week, too, that the, the percentage of people of um, malicious things coming in through mm -hmm. email was shocking to me. Yeah. And if you're like, yeah. I'd say, any business person, I mean, my email box, I mean, you, you get hundreds a day. And... Most of the time, mine's, you know, junk and it's just delete, delete, delete or unsubscribe or whatever. But then you get um, the, um, shoot, I'm drawing a blank of where it looks like it's coming from you. but it's, Oh, spear phishing? Yeah, spear yeah. phishing. And I'm like, oh, that's odd that Daniel would be asking for, you know. $5,000 in Target gift cards. Or, yeah, hey, I've got this gift card, you know. So yeah. it's, it's just odd how everything comes in that way. Um so anyway, uh, that's going to be it for the show this week. Yep. Unless you have anything to add? Nope, I don't have anything. Oh, I just want an onion next week. An onion, okay. And Sorry. maybe a hot plate. Uh, I don't know if we need to go there. I just want to cut it in half. Cut it in half Live say, on stream. This yeah. is your layered mm -hmm. security right layer here. Layer one, layer two. <laughs> yep. Maybe we'll have a better graphic next week yeah, yeah, too. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I'll probably get lost in the on the editing room floor next week oh, by the time we get here. By but. Chris. He cuts, all, he cuts all the good stuff. He does. <laughs> Thanks for joining us Thank today. You. And we'll see you next week. Thank you.